Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Boone. Boone is a unique platform that's making referral-based hiring effortlessly scalable and infinitely effective. Maximise your recruiting strategy today by visiting goboon.co to learn more and schedule a demo. That's goboon.co and boon is spelled B-O-O-N. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 192 of the Recruiting Future podcast. More and more companies are recognising the importance of building an employee experience that enables them to attract, retain and develop the talent they need. There's lots of theoretical debate about how this should be done, but how are things actually working out at the practical level? My guest this week is Tanil Miller, Global VP of Culture and People Engagement at StarTech. StarTech has 50,000 employees across 13 countries. And in our interview, Tanil talks through some of the practicalities of creating an employee experience at that scale. Hi, Tanil, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Matt. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, Tanil Miller, I am currently with StarTech and I am their global VP of culture and people engagement. Fantastic. And I suppose a, a, a good starting point would be if you could tell us a little bit about um, StarTech for those people who've not um, heard of the company before. Sure. So, currently, we just merged with another global organization as well. So, we're actually twice as large as we used to be. Um, but essentially, essentially, we are business process outsourcing, uh, customer experience and engagement across the globe. Um, We're across 13 countries right now, and I believe five or six continents. Um, And so, yeah, and like I said, I think we're at around 50,000 people. Fantastic stuff. And um, talk us through the the, the kind of uh, people challenges that brings you in in a company of that size. 
Sure. So there's a few different things at play here. Um, there's all there's of course the fact that it's a, a large organization, and of course it's a global organization. But there's also the fact that you know it, a lot of the work is call center work, um, for better or worse, whatever perceptions, positive or negative, folks may have about that. Um, it definitely is a different environment than say the average corporate office in the middle of America somewhere. Um, so that's definitely one piece of it. Um, another piece is that the majority of our uh, employees are millennials. And of course, everyone has their own view on that word. Um, I don't have a preference on it either way, but I do know that it always conjures up different images in one's mind. Um, so really with us, a lot of what we focus on is engaging and creating an experience for our people that's really what they're looking for. As we all know, when you're a millennial or a centennial or really any uh, demographic, it's really about the people experience, especially nowadays. Um, and especially because our business is very much focused on customer engagement and customer um, satisfaction and things along those lines, we try as much as we can to really bring that same mindset with our people. So really treating our people like they are our customers internally, if that makes sense. Fascinating stuff. And I can I can see that, that that's obviously in the DNA of the organization. Um, so your job title, VP of Culture and People Engagement, that would be a title that probably wouldn't have existed a few years ago. Um, what, what does that actually mean? And uh, how does it how does it work in practice? Mm-hmm. That is a good question. And to be honest, I, you know, before a few years ago, I hadn't heard of this type of a title or a chief culture officer or anything like that either. Um, but I'm so glad that organizations are starting to move in this direction. I think it's very intelligent on their part. Um, so essentially what it looks like in my organization is, again, because my role is global, I'm not tied to one territory or one geography. So I end up partnering with all of our different geography heads and HR heads and different folks in the field as well. And really understanding, you know, what are some of their pain points? What are some of the, maybe some of the, the engagement issues they might have in their particular location? So there's that more nuanced, localized piece. And then on top of that, it's really now that we're bringing the two organizations together, or I guess we have already, a lot of my role at this point in time is really continuing that integration work at a global level. So when it comes to vision, mission, values, culture, um, cultural pillars, things like that. So really having that that great, solid kind of overarching, broader cultural foundation that we all can kind of tap into, but then also making sure there's more local nuanced um, in each geography and with each client as well. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. I mean, can you sort of give us some examples of how you, you know, some of the, some of the work that gets done to, 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 to engage people and, and keep them engaged with the, with the culture that you're creating? Sure. And I will preface this with the fact that my role is new and the merger is somewhat fresh as well. So I can speak to um, the time that I've been there before that I don't know. Um, but in my time, the short time that I've been there, I've gotten the opportunity to travel around and meet a lot of the leaders in our different geographies and really sit down with them and some of their people and understand, you know, what it's actually like on a day-to-day basis for them. And even though the type of work is the same, it really differs um, across geographies and depending on which client a particular team is working on. So the beginning of my role has really been a lot around that, just really building those relationships, getting, collecting data points, understanding what things are like today. Um, And now what we've done is we've moved a lot more into implementing different things. So um, part of that is getting all the entire organization on different, on the same different technology platforms. So a learning management system, um, employee engagement app, different technologies, really understanding what different groups are using across the globe and then getting everybody on one 
uh, standard one. And then in addition, there's also um, a large program we're working on at the moment, which is really developing our leaders at every level. It's kind of a new program that we're spinning out. And what it really entails is um, leadership development offerings really standardized across all of our geographies for every level so that regardless of how junior or senior you are, you're getting a leadership development training um, and coaching and role modeling from day one so that by the time you get higher and higher in the organization, you're even more and more uh, astute at those capabilities. So those are two of the, the bigger pieces right now that we've been working on. Uh, a lot of what we do also is community involvement. Um, depending on the geography, it, we're very involved in our communities and so the different geographies have their different organizations and groups that they partake in and so really um, ramping up those programs quite a bit that's a big piece for us um, and then just really you know one of the key pieces that I've found in my research and my time over the years is you know whether it's Millennials or any group we really want to feel close to our customers or to the end result of our work and so what we're trying to do now also is really build in ways for our employees to see how their day-to-day -day work touches the customer, touches the endpoints. So they can say, oh, although I could just look at my job as being on the phone all day, you know, at a call center, actually, if I think about it and I see how the dots connect, I realize, oh, I helped solve that customer's problem. Um, and then here's that ripple effect and how they told their neighbor about us and this and that. And so all these wonderful ripple effects can happen. Um, so it gets to a point where literally we're changing the world one conversation at a time. That's, you know, that's kind of one of our different models that we use internally. And it's, it's really about that connecting those day-to-day -day conversations on your teams, as well as with our clients and connecting that to how that impacts those clients, how it impacts our communities, and then hopefully on a large scale, the world. So following on from that, there there's obviously a huge amount of uh, talk and uh, discussion and debate about um employee experience um, and what that actually means and what companies should be doing, um, where it starts, where it ends, and what actually is it. What does um, employee experience mean to you? So I think of employee experience, I don't know if you know who Jacob Morgan is, but he has a great podcast. I've, I've had him on the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of my gurus. And so um, I really think about it the way that he does, right? So there's like technology, there's the physical space, and then there's the different policies or practices or ways, ways you interact. So I really think it's all of those things and probably even more. But I think if I was going to put it into kind of a framework, that's how I think of employee experience. It's really everything that touches the employee. Just like when you think of customer experience, it's every touch, every nuance, every thought in their mind about the experience. And how important is the role of technology in that? I think very important. And I think, of course, it would depend on the industry. I think, especially with this generation, and not to keep making it generational, but in general, not even generationally, but the fact that technology really is a key part in everybody's life at this point in time, I think it's a, it's a huge impact. But then if you look at specifically our industry, again, it's a lot of phones, it's, a, it's chat bots, it's a lot of technology um, of all different types. So for us, it's a, it's a big deal. And is this something that is this something that you can measure the quality of? And if if so, um, how are you going about doing that? That is a good question, and I think that's something that everybody is kind of working on at the moment. Um, what we used to do as an organization and, you know, any organization and most of them still do it is the annual or biannual, if you're lucky, employee engagement survey. Um, I think <laughs> depending on where you stand on this, I know I can say that I personally stand on that in the same way that I stand on the annual performance review. And I think that is just 
too little, too late, if that makes sense. Um, especially if in our industry in particular, you know, turnover can be high at times. And so by the time you even find out how engaged somebody is or isn't, they're already gone. Um, so for me, I think that to measure employee experience, you could do it with things like surveys, but I would really, um, recommend that people do it monthly, like short pulses or weekly, or, you know, collect all the data points, like your, your weekly one-on-ones, use those as data points, use short pulses, as I mentioned, as data points, um, different things like that. But I definitely don't think it should be once annually. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that makes some that makes perfect sense. Um, j- just before we, we were we started talking, um, I was um, I was looking at your uh, corporate career site, and there's some really interesting messaging on there in terms of the way that you talk about the type of people who um, you want to kind of come and come and work for you. Could you sort of t- you know talk us talk us through that a bit and talk us through how um, you're sort of reflecting and communicating uh, the culture and experience that you're building internally. Um, externally to uh, potential buyers? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, as you mentioned, the site really does outline this and we really are looking for people that are passionate about like customer passion, right? So they're passionate about just about doing this great work and all the great impacts they can have on people, but they're also passionate about um, the customer's brands because in our industry specifically, you know, most of our work, we have our own internal culture, but then typically um, an associate or an agent would be put on a particular client team. And in that sense, they also need to really kind of embody the cultural values of that client, if that makes sense, because they're serving as an arm of that client. So we want people that are really passionate about these things, first of all. Um, Also, purpose-driven is a really big part of our organization. As I mentioned, we do a lot in our communities. So we want people that are very focused on their mission, our mission, the purpose. And again, to go back to our tagline of, you know, changing the world one conversation at a time, we really believe that. And so we want people that are on board with that type of mission. Um, and then the other piece too, I think again, goes back to the customer passion slash customer service because our industry is customer focused in that way. We really need to find folks that are excited to want to do that and to want to serve the customer and, and, and give great customer service. So I think those are some of the key things we're looking for. But in addition, I think before we merged with our, our current merged organization, and especially now, one of our big differentiators, I think, and is a big part of our culture is our diversity. So as you, I mentioned, we have folks all over the globe, and not just different countries, but diversity in um, ways of thinking, diversity of experiences, all kinds of diversity. We love that because number one, it just makes the organization better and it's such a greater place in that regard. But also because we do serve clients all over the world, it just makes sense that our internal diversity would mirror the external diversity. So you mentioned that this is a, um, a reasonably new role, and obviously the the, the company's undergoing a, a lot of change at the moment. Um, while you've been in this, um, while you've been doing this job, what surprised you the most? That's a good question. You know, I will say um, there's been a lot of surprises, not good or bad necessarily, just differences, right? Because it's a global role, and so I think I think if I was going to pick one. For me, it's just been a fascinating education in the sense of just learning how other folks in other countries work, right? So, I mean, like I said, a lot of our team is all over the globe. For example, our folks in the Philippines, they end up working the same hours as people in the U.S. So they work overnight because their clients are located in the U.S. Um, And then, you know, going to India and Malaysia and Sri Lanka and some of these other locations, just really learning about the diversity in the cultures and how that shows up in the workplace. That has been fascinating. 
Um, so I think for me, the surprise slash exciting pieces are things that surround all of that and just all the nuances of working in a, glo- a global organization of this size. I mean, that, that's really interesting because there's, there's always a, a lot of debate about how companies get, uh, you know, consistency in terms of uh, employer brand and culture and experience on a, on, a, on a global basis, but at the same time, make sure that's very, very relevant in, in, in local, local markets. Um, you know, obviously, it's still early days, but how, what do you think the best way to, to achieve that is, is likely to be? That is something that is my primary focus at the moment because we're doing a lot of different integration activities in my role, like I mentioned. And so what I, my approach, the one that I've taken so far, and it's, it's proved to be pretty successful from what I've gathered, um, is really trying to involve as many folks as possible without having a million cooks in the kitchen, of course, but really trying to partner with all the different people from the different geographies in the early stages when we're brainstorming and thinking through what are our values going to be, what is our uh, mission and those types of things, really bringing them into the fold and letting them co-create with you um, and getting their feedback so that they've already kind of bought into it and they're already on board and it's, they're already supporting it. And then when you roll it out, it's, it's literally partnering again with them to say, all right, so, you know, we took your feedback into consideration. This is what we're, we decided on, um, you know, let's roll this out, but then also rolling it out in the sense of, it's not a mandate, if you will. It's more like, okay, so this is the direction we've decided to go, but here are some some areas where you have creative license and you can tailor it to the local nuances and that type of thing. So I think it's kind of taking a, a global and a local approach um, seems to be the best way to go. Absolutely. And uh, so final question. Um, we sort of mentioned that employee experience is, um, is developing and emerging as, um, as, as a field of thought and uh, practice. Um, what's your view on what it might look like in the future? So say we were having this conversation in, in a couple of years time and we were talking about employee experience, what would we be focusing on? You know, I think a lot about this question. This is a really good one. Um, I think it depends, right? Because I think some organizations are very much ahead of the curve. And so certain things that I would say for them would be very different than some that are just getting into it and that type of thing. Um, but I would say definitely technology is going to become more and more a focus. And in fact, one of the areas that I spent a lot of time looking at just for fun, <laughs> if you will, is you know what those industries where you know robotics and RPA and AI and all those different pieces are coming into the fold rather quickly how does the workforce work with that, right? So as, as we know, like there's, everyone's come kind of nervous about jobs going away, but we also know there's going to be a ton of new jobs that were never even around before because of the technology. So when I think about employee experience, I'm thinking about how do we help our people work um, comfortably and, you know, competently and confidently with these new technologies that are coming. So that's where I'm spending a lot of my time at the moment. And I, I honestly don't know what that looks like. I think a lot of it is, is going to be kind of like easing into it. I don't think anything's going to happen overnight, but I think a lot of it will be kind of, you know, job sharing and things like that with technology. Tanil, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you for having me. My thanks to Tanil Miller. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me.
Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.